0: It says we avoid retaliation and argument. That isn't fair either. But that's what my new mind does. I have to avoid retaliation and argument. How can I be right if I don't argue with you and don't retaliate? How are you going to know what you just did to me if I don't retaliate? If we don't argue, I will never be able to convince you that you're wrong and I'm right. I may even get noble enough to say that you have a right to be wrong, but you are wrong. And I'll be glad to explain why, carefully, calmly. We avoid retaliation and argument. My whole image as a man is threatened by that, you know. If I'm buying into the trips that have been laid on me, We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we lose our chance of being helpful. We can't be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. And I really put God to the test one day in my palatial apartment and cell B-49 right with all my arrogance. I said, I gotcha. Show me how to take a kindly and tolerant view toward Adolf Hitler. And It wasn't all that long and I found myself thinking about Volkswagen's. You know, that was his deal. Designed it and put it on the people's car. May have been the only decent thing the man ever did. I have no idea. But I know that God answered for me this prayer. Showed me a way for a moment or two to take a kindly and tolerant view toward the greatest monster we've ever produced. Let me know he was there. What a wondrous thing. Test him. Don't be afraid to test him. He can handle any test you can throw at him. He also has made it clear to me that I shouldn't dwell a whole lot on Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Things like that, don't need to do that. It just answered my prayer. How nice that is in, in my daily life. I have a, I, I work for a system that works for a system that's designed to fail built right into the criminal justice system is the need to fail. And I work for a system that contracts with that system, which means <laughs> quite often people in other agencies that I need to have do something so I can get my job done, don't get it done. And I get really pissed at that because you know whose butt gets chewed when it doesn't get done? Mine. <laughs> My boss wants to know why it hasn't been done, and I can't say, because she didn't do her job. All he wants to know is that i got to get my job done. (coughs) And I was really angry with this person. And I did the inventory on it, and this is where I got free. God showed me how to take a kind of intolerant view toward this person. And it was real simple. I was having difficulty getting my job done because she hadn't gotten her job done. Maybe she was having trouble getting her job done because somebody else hadn't gotten her job done either. Okay, Maybe so. I got the view that it wasn't being done to personally harass me. Isn't that how we always feel? You're doing this for me, just to hurt me. Baloney, she didn't give a damn whether I lived or died. She's harassed all the time. I got the view and the view set me free and I was able to clean it up and find ways around that roadblock. Okay, They wanted me, her bosses wanted me to start keeping a list of when she screwed up so we could build a case against her and get her out of there. And I had to refuse that. I will not participate in that kind of thing. I don't need to do that. But it sure was tempting on the day they came to me. <laughs> okay. God, show me how to take a kind and tolerant view, particularly toward the ones that hurt me. Can you see now what the new attitude is? Only with this new way of looking at things can I then go on to what's really important about this inventory, and that's to find out where I'm wrong. We go back to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrongs others have done. We resolutely look for our own mistakes. As I said earlier, I do not ever look for my part in the deal. At this point, there are no parts. I am wrong. Where am I wrong? That's what I want to find out. Okay. I'm to disregard, put out of my mind, any wrongs you may have done. And then I find seven questions here and can make a case for eight. My sponsor says there's only five. to hell with him. I find seven. <laughs> okay. Let's just go over them and take a break. We resolutely look for our own mistakes. There's a question. <coughs> what was my mistake? I usually answer that one last because for me it simply means what's the mistake in my thinking that allows this to happen? Where okay. have we been selfish? There's a question. Dishonest? There's a question. Self-seeking? There's a question. Frightened? There's a question. There's five so far. Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to disregard the other person entirely. Okay. Where were we to blame? That even has a question mark after it. There's six. The inventory was ours, not the other man's. When we saw our faults, we listed them. There's seven. Where am I at fault? and it seems nitpicky people tell me the difference between blame and fault one has to do with my action one has to do with my thinking and I'm so sick I really need to know all the way down the line because I'm going to make amends for this based on this we placed them before us in black and white we admitted our wrongs honestly and we're willing to set these matters straight Having done this and fist-stepped it, a remarkable thing happened. It began to happen when I wrote it concerning that federal narcotics agent. The truth was, I brought him to my house with a hand-engraved invitation. My actions made me his job. The guy that hired me to do the job, bringing that dope across is the one that turns in. couple months later. He was on my list also. That's a good reason to kill somebody from that world. Turned five of us in and he set the deal up. In doing that inventory I realized that I knew he'd do that. He was a snake to start with. I just figured I was slicker and faster and smarter and could beat the system. Couldn't even be mad at him but I take a look and I stand ready today I don't look for that federal agent but I did him a terrible wrong I put him in a position on one day of his life where he almost shot a four-year-old kid Whew. my actions did that what a terrible wrong I've done him Mm-mm-mm. I still don't like him much I haven't invited him to dinner wouldn't if I could find him. (laughs) Still a crappy way to make a living but I put him in a position I owe him at least the acknowledgement that I was wrong and I really really wish I hadn't done that to him. He's got to live with that you know he knows what he did he almost shot a four-year-old and he knows that I did him wrong. What a wondrous thing. I'm free of that. If I ever meet him, if he ever shows up in my life, he and I will talk about that. I'm free of it because I'm ready anytime. If I don't ever meet him, I can still clean up and set the matter straight because I've told you about it and I've told hundreds of other people about it. And I'm clean from it. But it's that, that's, that heavy here. that's all there is to resentment inventory I get a new mind, I get a new look at life Uh, time to get, uh oh it's getting close to bedtime That's all the technical stuff I can stand. <laughs> okay. The rest of it's there. I'm going to spend about 10 minutes just kind of easing us out of here tonight. We can do more in the morning. We're going to be here about 10. Uh, it's been interesting for me because this is all brand new way of doing something and yet it's, it's old at the same time having completed that inventory and the fear inventory and that's a separate format I'd like to show you in the morning It's bloody simple and it's surgical the way I was taught to do it in essence it simply says we put down what the fear is and ask ourselves why we had it and then I get to look at what I'm trying to get out of the deal where self-reliance is failing me or I'm busy assigning you roles gives me a great piece of news I'm in the world to play the role God assigns, and so are you. And my fear has always been that you wouldn't play the role that I assign. I'm busy assigning roles to you and to me. One quick piece of fear inventory. I'll just give it to you quickly. It's one you all got. I was, I, this is one I wrote. I was afraid of being without money. I'm to ask myself why, and there were five more fears based on that. When I do fear inventory, the base fear, I'm afraid of being without money. Well, what'll happen if I'm without money? Well, my wife will leave me. My creditors will yell at me. Uh, I will lose everything I've got. It will prove I'm a failure. My wife will stay, but she'll be earning all the money and she'll be down on me all the time. Yeah, that's what I did too. By that time, it really looks pretty funny. I'm simply not trusting and relying upon God. I put in, what what am I trying to accomplish? My wife will leave me. Well, I am selfishly trying to keep her around because I'm okay if she's with me. My creditors will yell at me. Well, I'm selfishly trying to have everybody like me, even people I don't know. I'm afraid I won't respond to their yelling correctly blah 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 it's a simple thing I have some of it here if anybody wants to look these yellow pages in the back are inventories I carry with me but the good news in the fear inventory is the most powerful prayer and one of the most greatest awakenings I ever had the world is filled with people who are afraid and have problems we have medication and psychiatry and all kinds of things to help people learn how to cope with fear you know I don't have to learn to cope with fear the prayer says God remove this prayer from or fear from me and direct my attention to what you'd have me be I had one of those burst of light deals one time saying that prayer it doesn't say what would you have me do it says direct my attention to what you would have me be and it suddenly hit me that I am no longer what I do no wonder I've been afraid all the time if I am my job anytime I'm not doing my job I am nobody if I am the folks I'm hanging out with when I'm not with them I am nobody I'm afraid of losing all that I'm not my house and my car and I'm not the money in my pocket I'm none of those things if I am what I do I'm always at risk because when I can't do it I am nobody Wondrous thing. So, what does you want me to be? I'm really not sure yet. I know it wants me happy, joyous, and free, and I battle that. I mean, a little of that's fine, but this is pretty serious business here. (laughs) (laughs) What would you have me be? And it isn't what would you have me be that'll put me in the history books. We're not talking about a single event that makes me be somebody. What would you have me be today? I am told clearly what that is, kind and tolerant in my view toward others, with a genuine tolerance for other people's ideas and opinions. Those are some of the things he'd like me to be. He would like me to be of maximum service to God and to my fellow man. That's what he'd like me to be. That's what it says anyway that's what my experience tells me works when I'm doing that. It seems to be right. That's what he'd like me to be. He wants me to be me so my style is unique. I get along with almost everybody in AA, all the different factions, and there's a bunch of them. I don't have any problem with that. Everybody's got their own style. It's just a matter of style. That's all it is. And I've got mine. You've got yours. So let's have some fun with it. What would he have me be? Each day I'm going to find that out. As he reveals through me what he'd have me be. When I was 40, he had me be something that I don't have the strength for today. He wants me to be something else today. I have been a father. I have been an uncle. And I, I are a grandpa. What, six times over now yeah. plus my other family what would he have me be? he would have me be on time some of the things I've learned God would like me to be on time because that's the only time anything can happen is when you're on time if you late, it isn't going to happen <laughs> okay. I had some fun the other day there's a time when it's important to believe that God got me a parking place. Early on. Okay. You got to let go of that pretty soon though. But There's a time it's important. Because it seems that's what happened. Nothing ever went right in my life and all of a sudden I got a parking place. Okay. There's a God of parking spots. And I was taking a friend of mine to lunch at Dario's it's a place in Denver for those who have serious garlic deficiencies. Italian restaurant that you can smell for three miles. Good food. Never any place to park for blocks. But we got my van, drove up there anyway, and as we pulled up in front, somebody pulled out in front, right in front. And he's new to the program. He said, isn't that nice? God got us a parking spot. And I had to tell him the truth. No, he didn't. We were just on time. If we'd have been one minute sooner, we'd have driven right on by it. If we'd have been one minute later, the guy in front of us would have got it. We were just on time. So what would God have me be? On time. Here. Now. Present. This is when it's going to happen. You can tell I play with my mind a lot it won't shut up so I let it think about these things I want to be effective with you and everybody I talk to and I constantly ask for images that will convey what I'm talking about God would have me be attentive not self-absorbed but attentive if I'm going to be of maximum service and help you meet your needs, I'd better pay attention when you tell me what they are. Otherwise, I'll start. I'll find out what her needs are, but I think they're yours, and I'll try forcing them on you, and we won't get along at all. He would like me to be attentive. One of the things I know God wants me to be, and I think it's funny, is He has made me a listener. It's one of the things He wants me to be, is a listener. And then you ask me to talk all the time. Well, thinking about that has given me a wondrous experience. I listen to me. Now <laughs> try it sometime. Hear what you say. Listen to me. And I'm overwhelmed sometimes at the things that I hear myself say that I didn't know. where did that come from what a fun time that is God would have me be patient really really patient because my time may not be your time and I want to be there when you get there on time I may have to wait for you a little bit I need to be patient That's a hard one. I'm really impatient. Having been touched by the hand of God, I want you to be touched too. I want it so bad, I'll sometimes smack you with it. (laughs) Instead of being patient and waiting for it. God would have me be loving. I really don't know the dimensions of that yet. It's too big for me. But Wesley Parish gave me one thing I can understand about it. He said, Love is the active concern for the growth and the welfare of that which you love. I can get that piece of it. Active concern for the growth and the welfare of that which you love. I'm actively concerned that my granddaughter grow up healthy. By actively concerned, I mean I touch her, I talk to her, I lift her, we play. Okay, I'm actively concerned that she knows that she is cared for and cared about. This one is going to be a talker because she's being raised by talkers. Okay? And I've learned to listen to her. I'm learning a new language.
1: <laughs>
0: that's a she repeats some of those sounds it's got to be a language of some sort. God wants me to be a listener It's now ten o'clock, and I think God wants me to be quiet <laughs> okay Those of you that I haven't drawn. Pushed completely beyond your endurance limits. We'll be back here at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning and wrap it up. I, uh, I am deeply touched by you. I've got about six hours of stuff to tell you. I got about an hour and a half left to do it in. Uh, so if you show up at 10 o'clock we'll do that. Uh, some really good stuff about life and death, particularly about death, because I just went through it with my dad. Some good stuff about death. Nothing at all wrong with death. Yeah, depends on how you live. Yeah. Uh, good night. Good night. Good night.
1: Good night. Thank God. Thank you. Good night.
0: I was able to do those first two inventories while I was contained. It was two years before I could do a sex inventory, mainly because I couldn't remember much. Most of my adult sex life had taken place in my head. (laughs) True.
1: Uh,
0: It just took a while some really sick things. I, uh, I ate mine inhalers and shot speed and uh, some pretty sick stuff and it just took a while for a healing to take place. So I could just take a look at it objectively because our sex inventory, if you'll notice, is a very objective, very clinical approach. We're not going to say right or wrong. We're going to say if you harmed anybody and precisely how did you harm people? It's a conduct inventory. So I learned to do it as a conduct inventory before I did it as a sex inventory. The questions are pertinent to business conduct, to my conduct at home, to any conduct that I'm involved in. These questions are pertinent to that. Am I arousing jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Am I being self-seeking, dishonest? It helps me examine all of that in terms of my conduct. And of course my conduct always comes from my screwy thinking. When I finally got it done, it fit on a three by five card because it had mostly taken place in my head. Uh, I walked away amazed that I'd ever had children. Uh, More of an accident than anything else. That's not funny. (laughs) real funny. <laughs> there's a little twist here I'm going to pass on to you it's a little different at this point and can be than the resentment inventory where you make a list and then you go through the, the spreadsheet this says whom had we hurt and if you'll ask that question with a an open spiritual mind the list will develop itself it's just a little shift in what's going on it makes me responsible and more of a participant in the examination I'm giving my life. Whom have I hurt? (coughs) bad question if you ask that question having said the prayer and are now in a spiritual state of mind you will get the answer it asks another question what should i have done instead first time we're being asked to to ask that what should i have done instead and that question always the answer for me is always just about anything but what i did what should i have done instead begins to set me on the path of reconstruction and developing a new view both toward my sexual ideal or any other ideal I deviate a little bit from the book only in that it talks specifically about sex here because when we first come here we need that specific. But this is so much broader than just sex. This is every relationship I have can be run through this test as a guide to my conduct. It's brutal. I have to become responsible for the fact that I know the difference between right and wrong. I'm just weak (laughs) just weak we subject each relation to this test is it selfish or not shit of course it is if I'm involved in it of course it
1: is
0: (laughs) and with that knowledge then I can modify my behavior and my attitude in such a way that maybe my selfishness can be part of the greater good I've learned over the years practicing this in critical situations with people there's three questions I ask myself okay. the first one is what do I want out of this what is my personal agenda I have one I better know what it is okay. it's not a moral judgment what do I want out of this at my very best I want something I want to feel good I want to be recognized, whatever it is. What do I want out of this? The second one is a mean question. Is it possible that I could be wrong? Of course it is. This puts me in a frame of mind of being willing to listen to you. I could be wrong. It's pretty doubtful, but I could be. (laughs) At least I will listen to you. Human relationships are about negotiation most of the time. It's just an observation. We each want something and we negotiate so that we can both come out winners. If we're smart, if we're stupid, I want to win, I want you to lose. Or I want you to win so I can lose, because I learned in World War II who really won World War II. What kind of a car do you drive? (laughs) what kind of a TV set who made that one who owns downtown Dallas (laughs) okay anyway we subjected each relation to this test was it selfish or not we asked God to mold our ideals and help us live up to them help me with this what a great prayer I recognize that I am selfish and I will probably do something wrong without some guidance. Help me mold this relationship. Now one of the things that comes out of that, in the old days everybody had to love me and I had to participate in everything, blah, 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 you know, busy, 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 people pleasing. The fact is today that there are people that I like to go fishing with and there are people that I like to go bowling with and I've learned not to take my bowling partner fishing. It doesn't work. there's people that I will go to a play with there's people I won't go to dinner with I will go to lunch with females other than my wife I will not go to dinner with females other than my wife because there is something going on there is it selfish or not? what am I trying to get out of this? that's what I ask myself and it comes out of here am I being selfish, dishonest? and consider it. Great God. This thing is really simple for me and it's all wrapped up right here. Every situation in life is wrapped up right here for me. Whatever the ideal turns out to be, we must be willing to grow toward it. All I bring to life is willingness. That's all I bring. I bring anything else I'm bringing my agenda to the damn thing I'm just willing to listen to let it come about to be a little less than selfish admitting I am really a selfish person I'm willing to be a little less than selfish if you can just show me how so it says we treat sex as we would any other problem I'm gonna take the word sex out and read that. We treat any problem this way. In meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. There's no general rule. There's only a principle. Each specific matter. Now there's a guide. Let me get real personal. There's one of the guides to being married for me each specific matter. I was brought up with this idiotic notion that just because she's my wife I have proprietary rights over her body. What a bunch of crap that is. Each specific matter, day by day, one day at a time, each time, it's a new deal that needs to be negotiated. And I can tell you negotiating with my wife is fun. <laughs> okay there's the guy okay and an interesting thing came out of that for me I discovered that there are nights I have a headache isn't that interesting I'm not super stud there are some other things in my life that are at least as interesting to me sometimes as sex that'll blow your image but it's the truth And they're not all major propositions. Sometimes I would rather watch Hogan's Heroes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Keep coming back (coughs) down. Do you hear what I'm saying? Each specific matter. I ask God for the right answer, and the answer will come. If we want it, well, I really want the answer. That's the key. I am willing to hear the answer, knowing full well from my experience on this deal that most of the time I probably won't like it when I first hear it. It'll be okay afterwards, but not right away. Okay. Great guide. Very simple. It's all about prayer and meditation. Having. A conversation with God. And I learned that by having conversations with you. Conversations is a two-way street. When it's my turn, I speak. When it's my turn, I shut up. You speak. And then there's those wonderful times. And the reason we're still together, my wife and I, is because we have learned that how precious those times are when we don't talk to each other. We just kind of hang out together. <laughs> that's what my meditation is about. <clears throat> we'll get to that. I'll get off base here. Okay. The principles of life are settled here for me if I will only listen. And the inventory is so that I can listen. It clears out the noise. If I'm not focused on what I should be getting and what I am afraid I won't get and what I'm afraid you'll get and blah, 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 then I can hear. To sum up, once again, he says, we earnestly pray for the right ideal. I've watched with great amusement over the years as people misconstrue that to think, what is she going to look like? What's the ideal woman going <laughs> That's not what it is. <laughs> the ideal has to do with my behavior. It's fun to watch it happen. (laughs) The ideal is tall, willowy and blonde, and guess who shows up? Short and dumpy. And she's gorgeous. And you get all confused and they don't know what the hell is going on. (laughs) I just let them run amok. (laughs) For guidance in each questionable situation. What is a questionable situation? anything I'm involved in. It's easier that way. Yeah. If I'm involved in it, it's questionable. It means it needs to be questioned. What do I want out of this? Is it possible I could be wrong? And that third key question. How will this affect other people if I go do this? or variations on that theme. Is it important enough to do? But mainly, what will be the effect on those around me if I pursue this course of action? That's a great question because I seldom ever have an answer to it, and because I don't have an answer, I usually slow down. And once I slow down, then I can begin to hear again and get to guidance. Simple stuff. Those are the street terms for what's coming out of this book. In each questionable situation, I ask God for guidance. Isn't it silly to go to someone for advice and then not listen to them? Is that silly? We do that in prayer all the time, you know. God show me what to do, be back later. I'm gone. <laughs> Gotta sit still long enough to hear the answer. Uh, let me get real practical about it. As a result of a number of things, what well, was it a couple years ago? I had ballooned up to 215 pounds, and i tried dieting and eating right and all you know all the disciplines. They don't work. Uh, I feel deprived. Where's mine? <laughs> it just doesn't work. And I finally got smart one morning, and. Uh, in my morning visit with God, I said, look, I'm uncomfortable. This isn't good and it isn't healthy. Would you please just show me how, teach me how to eat in such a way that I can get to whatever weight you think I ought to be at? Because I always had targets. And I went to work, and I had some kind of trash rolls with me and offered one to my boss. He said, no, I'm not doing that this week. I'm on the soup. I said, what are you talking about? Oh, well, he showed me that cabbage soup regimen that St. Thomas Hospital has for heart patients who are about to have surgery and need to lose some weight quickly and healthily. I'm not an idiot. I've been here a while. I had just asked for direction. I just got it. The next guy I met gave me the direction. So I started the soup. It makes my family crazy. Cabbage soup stinks.
1: <laughs>
0: but I lost 30 pounds and kept it off. I've been down in Louisiana twice in the last month and a half and I put 10 on back on. But the point is, I asked for direction, and I brought with it a willingness from that from the moment I asked the prayer for of direction, I stay aware, because I know it's coming. I expect God to answer. That's the deal he and I made at the very beginning. Okay. His care and protection. He will give me guidance if I ask for what I expected. What he expects is for me to listen. No big deal, but it's that practical. I met her through prayer. I had finally gotten through adolescence. I was 42 or 43 years old. (laughs) Finally made it. I lived at the base of a 14,000 foot mountain, Mount Princeton in Colorado. The Arkansas River was my front yard about a half a mile away. Uh, I worked six hours a day at the reformatory, doing what I loved, working with inmates. Had two teenage boys, an old black dog and a white Siamese cat, and my life was really pretty good. We went fishing when we pleased, and we just kind of did what we pleased. We were as close to barbarians as you can get and not get locked up in this country. <laughs> and I clearly said to God one morning, Thank you very much. I'm really satisfied, I don't care if there's ever another woman in my life, but I will do whatever you have in mind. Which did the deed. Because two weeks later when I came over to Denver through a series of wonderfully romantic circumstances, I met her. We are people who normally would not mix. She'd never even seen a real alcoholic. (laughs) And I'm convinced today, had she known me when I was active, we would not have even visited for a minute. I have intuitive thoughts sometimes, and I was in Denver, and it just overwhelmed me to go see a kid I'd sponsor. I hadn't seen him for a long time, because this was 120 miles out of town, and I couldn't shake it. So I went to see Jimmy, and he went white. I found him at work. I didn't even know where he lived. I found him at work, and he went white. He said, I've been looking for you. I was hoping you would show up. I need to have you do something for me. My wife works for this lady, and I said, Jimmy, don't do this to me. (laughs) He said, Oh, come on. My wife works for this lady, and she thinks you two guys ought to get together. And I said, Jimmy, don't do this to me. He said, Please, just get Vi off my back. You don't have to marry the lady, just have dinner. (laughs) Well, I did. And uh, we've been married now, coming up on 21 years without a fight. The prayer was, I'm satisfied as I am, but whatever you have in mind is better than what I have in mind. And it wasn't an easy choice. For the first time in my life, I made a conscious, well-thought-out decision. Being in love wasn't enough. It was good, but it wasn't enough. To uproot my entire life and my boys and uproot her family, she had two little girls, it wasn't enough. Because what we concluded was that we either had to stop seeing each other or make a lifetime commitment out of this. Yeah. One or the other. And I went back to the mountain and thought about it for three days and prayed about it and looked over all the stuff I'd have to give up. You know, if there's always self involved. You got to get to it. Yeah. I married Jackie because I became willing to grow old with her. That's what I did. Okay. I'm willing to grow with her. we travel well together that may not sound very romantic but it's been the basis of a pretty good deal okay. uh, our home is God-centered and it's no big deal it's not full of ritual well it is right now because our daughter is a young Catholic and she does this kind of thing all the time. I don't know what's going on. But it's all right. In fact, it's fun to watch the grandson, because when we say grace at dinner, they're all doing this, and I don't. So I just, it's not part of my ritual. I pray with him, and I, every night I watch him. He's watching me. He's trying to figure out, how come I'm not doing that? I seem to be doing everything else. Why am I not doing that? And I'm not going to say a word. Just let him figure it out. And Someday he'll ask me. And I'll have to tell them the truth. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't do that. I like, guess. Yeah. For guidance in each questionable situation. For sanity. I can pray for sanity. I pray very specifically for things. And I have to ask myself, what does that mean to me? Well, the definition in the book Alcoholics Anonymous is the one I use. It's simpler insanity is defined as lack of proportion and the ability to think straight. So it's defined in the story about the car salesman named Jim. He said, we call this plain insanity. How could such lack of proportion and the ability to think straight be called anything else? So the only reference I have for sanity is that there will be proportion and I'll be able to think straight. So that's what I pray for. Serenity is one thought at a time. Gave him the message. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves. Does that happen to you? That's scary, it? Was for me. For somebody who's totally self-centered, to somebody be interested in somebody else is a little frightening. My God, if I don't carry me twenty-four hours a day, who's going to?
1: Now,
0: you may be interesting, but I'm far more interesting. <laughs> We became less and less interested in ourselves and our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. I remember the pain of really believing that nobody'd let me help them, that nobody would let me love them. It didn't matter that I wasn't loved. I hurt because nobody would let me love them. It seemed, and nobody let me help them. It seemed, but I had nothing to contribute. That I was useless. That's a terrible time and I begin to see even early on how I can make a contribution to life if I don't do anything but show up I have made a contribution to life I've made the room less empty by just showing up I know people watch us I know people watch me (coughs) before they make a decision to step fully onto this path they watch me for a while and see if I really do what I said I do in the meetings you know how I know that? I did that, I watched Bruce and I watched Phil and I watched those a guys before I made a decision, I'm not following anybody anywhere ever again unless <laughs> so I'm sure that they're going the right direction yeah. As we felt new power flow in, have you felt any power recently that you didn't know about before? Hmm? It's scary. Yeah, tell me about that. It's scary. Aren't we funny? We are power seekers who are terrified when we get the power because now we got to do something with it. Oh, we're funny as we felt new power flow in as we enjoyed peace of mind and that's taken on a new meaning for me I used to think that means I will finally have some I finally realized it means just what it says I don't know how to enjoy peace of mind I don't like it when it gets quiet there's something inside my head that says well now we better do something here (laughs) stir something up this is too quiet there's something wrong here blah 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 (laughs) do you do that Norma Jean Yeah. yeah yeah I've learned to enjoy peace of mind most of my mornings are absolutely gorgeous because I go into a little room I made for myself and I sit in an old chair I've been hauling around for, my God, 25 years. I've recovered it and now it's got a blanket over it. And <clears throat> I just sit there. I'm nothing special. I just sit there and enjoy <laughs> peace of mind. Wondrous thing. Have you done that have you had any moment in the last year when you just sat still for a minute and it was okay to just sit still for a minute if you've done that it's, that says here that's a spiritual experience <laughs> as we discovered we could face life successfully not that i always do but i can as we became conscious of his presence we began to lose our fear today, tomorrow, and the hereafter, we will reborn. Does that describe anything that you had happen to you? Would you be willing to surrender your entire life from here on forward to whatever it is that can make that happen? Because that's what they're going to ask us to do next. It's another jumping off place. We're now at step three. However you can see God to be, if this happens, I'll give myself up to this. Okay. A sense of purpose, a sense of direction, a sense of power. Just enough. I don't want to run the universe. I don't even want to run my house. I just want to have that sense that if I'm called on, I can come to the line with it. Okay. I'll be there. Yeah. Well, if we want to do that, this is now step three and suggest a prayer now let me give you a view before we say the prayer in spiritual terms amen is a closure to a prayer to a conversation with God so be it this is so it ends this piece there is no amen at the end of what we call the third step prayer the only Amen I can come up with is at the end of the seven-step prayer, which is actually the third-step prayer with teeth in it. Okay? So my view is that everything from the Word God to the Amen at the end of what we call the seven-step prayer is all part of the prayer. It's one prayer. Prayer will become activity and action. But this this process we're going to get into from here on is a spiritual process not an intellectual process God will help me with that there will be power to do that I need the power to even look at my life I don't have the honesty or the power to look at it I'm going to need some help and I'm going to ask for it. listen to what this says this this is a cheap shot this prayer is God, I offer myself to thee to do with me and build with me as thou wilt. In street talk, that means from here on, my life is none of my business. Do with it as you wish. That's a big commitment, <laughs> okay? I will go where you want me to go and do where you, what you want me to do, just tell me. I gotta, I gotta tell you something. If you say that, you better mean it, because I have been called on since the time I took this prayer to do things that are way beyond me. Over and over and over. This is one of them. My life is not my business. My conduct in my life is, but my life is none of my business. I really love this woman. And given my brothers I'd be home every weekend. We'd lock the door and shut off the phones. Okay. But I don't get my druthers. I got to go out and do this stuff. I had to go to Russia one year in November. That's a crappy time to go to Russia. <laughs> I had a good time. But for 17, I've called her every day we've been married. In fact, every day since I met her except for that 17 days that was a hard 17 days I'm really glad I got to go but it's because I said this prayer I am not the kind of person you would send as an emissary to Russia that's what you did you know you're not too bright you weren't paying attention you sent me and four of my compatriots who had no more sense than I do to tell the Russian government about Alcoholics Anonymous, in an attempt to make it possible for it to happen over there. You're not too bright. But we all had made this commitment, so we went, and it just went fine. We didn't do anything special except walk through there. Build with me, and do with me as thou wilt. It strengthened my character to make that trip. It wasn't because I had character that I made the trip. It strengthened my character to make that trip because I had to do something that I didn't want to do. I had to get me completely out of the way. Because every word we said to the Russians who ask us questions constantly, we had to be very careful of what we said because they would do exactly and respond exactly to what we said. We were at a public meeting in Moscow. A doctor had written a book about AA and it was very pro-AA and they were having a public forum, which is customary there. Hundreds of people, government officials, regular people, big auditorium critiquing the book. So his second edition would be even better. And we were introduced as the Americans from Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> And when it was my turn at the microphone, one of them asked me that loaded question, how do you think Alcoholics Anonymous will work in this country? That's really a scary question, or could be. I was here, you put the words in my mouth and I heard myself say, I have no idea, I've only been here for 13 days. It would be presumptuous of me to even comment on how it would work and they started to clap mm-hmm. i became aware of the danger i had been in any other answer would have shut them down what a glorious thing it is to be led like that then i was able to explain to them well i don't know it has worked quite well in 144 other countries yeah. that's the kind of direction you get if you make this But if you make this commitment, that's the kind of stuff you're going to have to go do. Do you know where we really get it? Someone will come into my life and say to me, I can't stop drinking. How do you do it? And they want to know right now, what do I have to do now to not take a drink right now? I have to pray about that. Build with me and do with me as thou will. Okay. Relieve me of the bondage of self, and I may better do thy will. That's mean. It doesn't say relieve me of the bondage of self so that I get to feel better.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Only so I get to do your will better. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Uh your power, your love, your way of life. Don't take away my difficulties so that I can feel better. <clears throat> I've come to believe that what they mean by take away my difficulties, it has nothing to do with this out here. Take it away the difficulty I'm having in being honest, in being thorough, in recognizing you, and recognizing my faults, all those difficulties that I have. Take them away, please. So that I can sit in this chair and tell everybody in this room, that's exactly what he did for me he relieved me of the bondage of self I became free in a penitentiary I got out of prison when I was locked up one night and he took away the difficulty I had being honest and there's a price I've had to pay for that I can never again have I been able to say I didn't know that I didn't know that was wrong I didn't know the truth i do i just am too weak to do it sometimes but i know what's right and what's wrong the price to pay for this prayer is that you will know the truth will set you free but it'll kick your butt along the way Uh (laughs) but it's worth the price i had to go my little my baby daughter to steal my baby daughter, did something one time that really pissed me off. I won't go into the whole story. Jackie remembers it. She and Kelly were having a little argument, and I didn't like the way it was going. And I started to get out of my chair to fix it. And And something in my head said, sit down, shut up, leave it be. And I got up anyway, and I fixed it, and I created more chaos in our house that day. It's, I've got the inventory right here, if anybody wants to see it. It was, it was a beaut. Yeah. And I knew the whole time I was doing it, I was being stupid. I knew when it was over, what I had to do. And I, did ha- I had to go back to this poor child and tell her I was wrong that i still didn't agree with her but i was wrong there's a price to pay (coughs) we always talk about the upside of of surrender there's a downside you want to do that is that prayer suit you it's a meaning How would you like to do it? I'm convinced God doesn't care whether we meet Him standing, sitting, laying down, kneeling, whatever. I really don't think God gives a damn. Okay. I really enjoy doing group third step prayers. Uh, I must tell you, one time someone had a seizure. (laughs) But I think she'd have had a seizure anyway. I don't believe it was because of the prayer. So if you're afraid of that, don't worry. It was the same kind of group as this. If you have a seizure, we'll just make sure you don't bite your tongue. I'm making a joke, I know, but it did happen. Would you like to say the third step prayer with me? Because I'm gonna say it and then get on about my business. Okay. God, I offer myself to Thee to build with me and to deal with me. Thou wilt relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do Thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help, and thy power, Thy love, and Thy way in life, may do Thy will. I will. that was pleasant my experience with God has always been pleasant I hope you had a pleasant experience too everything we do until we finish up the seventh step because of what we just said is part of this prayer everything we do events are going to occur in my life from this moment on and for until i get through this little house cleaning process every bit of it will be applicable to what we call inventory to house cleaning do you like what just happened to you just that sense of of presence that's all there is here (laughs) it's not going to get any better no great mountaintop stuff there will be moments of great elation but this is what it's about it's about being still enough for me to hear the voice of God in my experience God has never ever yelled at me uh, never it's a very gentle quiet voice and I must be still or I won't hear it whether it comes through your mouths <coughs> or in that special way he is of talking within me I won't hear it unless I'm quiet and all the inventory is is an effort to clear away the stuff that's making noise in my head the resentment, the fear the guilt, the anger the self-centeredness, the where's mind, it's cleared out. So my mind's quiet. Uh, so it says next we launch on a course of vigorous action. The first step of which is a... Because uh, this will have little permanent effect unless we at once follow it by a strenuous effort to face and get rid of the things that have been blocking us. We're not going to ride all that inventory tonight but I can say from my experience if you do it the way the big book suggests and I'm going to show you a couple of things I do you're already at inventory experts so I won't take much time with it <laughs> for most people there's there's three formats here there's a format for resentments there's a completely different format to examine fear there's a completely different format examine conduct starting with sexual conduct but it's good for all conduct there's approximately roughly for most people about eight to ten hours of actual work involved in the resentment piece Okay, unless you just have to go insane and have 2,500 names in which case find another sponsor I ain't listening to that be thorough but don't be insane Quite often that list of names that comes up is the same person with 20 names. And I expect you to write every one of them down. I only want to hear about a couple of them. You got to go clean them all up. I don't need to listen to it. Unless you need to tell me all of them. I had one kid do his fist up and after 10 straight hours He was like you, Bill. He had one of those minds. I was literally dying. He just sucked the juice right out of me. And I said, I'm dying. We got to quit. He said, no, 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 no. So I climbed up on his bed and went to sleep. I woke up about two hours later, and he was still talking. (laughs) This ten-step. One time, I came home and there was a ten-minute ten-step on my answering device. He didn't care it was on the other end. (laughs) Anyway, I use what I call a checklist method simply because it works. I take it a little time because this is a delicate area, and my mind is subject to get deliberately confused. The issue. My ego really will kick in at this point and do its best to create trouble. So I do a little checklist thing, which simply means as we go through the direction book, and by the way, to my knowledge, this is the only place where there are specific directions on how to do it. We have a lot of good philosophical books written about this, but this is where the directions are for me. Sentence by sentence, it takes me through the process. And it was written this way because Bill knew that somewhere along the way, as much as we depend on each other face-to-face there's going to be somebody with just the book and they need to be able to get the same results and so you can do this with just the book we're lucky we don't have to being convinced that self-manifested in various ways is what has defeated us we consider its common manifestations are we convinced that self Manifested in various ways is what's defeated us. It simplifies the deal. I don't have to look for any complex Freudian things. What's wrong with me? Yourself. Resentment is the number one offender. It kills more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. Big piece of information there. <coughs> Did you catch it? Mm-hmm. Resentment is not a mental or emotional problem. Resentment is a spiritual disease. It must be the granddaddy of all of them because it says from it stem all forms of spiritual disease. And I gotta ask myself, what does that mean to me? Well, it means a couple things. If I resent you, you own me. You can be dead, you can be in another town, it doesn't make any difference. You're in my head and you are running my life. You own me. And I do not want to be owned by the kind of people that piss me off. Okay, ever again. By anybody. The second thing is that resentment separates me. And isn't that what they're trying to tell us is our problem? A sense of Separation. If I resent Bill, I am separated from Bill. And if I'm separated from the children of God, I'm going to be separated from God. It's just that clear. If I resent Bill, I miss Bill entirely. Because I don't see him. I see him up here in my head who I think he is and what I think he's done. And so I miss him. Okay. It's a spiritual disease that separates us for we've not only been mentally and physically ill we have been spiritually sick whoa I had to change my whole idea about spiritual I thought spiritual was automatically cool you can be sick spiritually when the spiritual malady is overcome we straighten out mentally and physically I'm a little goofy, but I've straightened out mentally and physically. I have some (coughs) physical problems, but what the hell? uh, I carried this model over some rough roads and rode it hard and hung it up wet many times.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'd be surprised if I didn't have some, but I've straightened out mentally and physically. So what do we do? It says here, in dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. And my question if I'm sponsoring you is, have we done that yet? Oh, okay. We don't have anything else to do until we've done that. We set them on paper. We haven't done that because we don't know how. Well, maybe if it's really a textbook, it'll tell us how to do it. Let's read on just far enough to see. We set them on paper. Oh, we listed people, institutions, and principles with whom we were angry. Okay, go home. Yeah, do that and come back when that's done and I'm going to do that too and I always have mine done before you because I've been practicing longer and my <laughs> list is always shorter and I'm a smart ass, and I let you know that <laughs> okay then we ask ourselves why we were angry okay, after we got the list made why we were angry. In most cases we found it was our self-esteem, pocketbooks, ambition, or personal relations, including sex, were hurt or threatened. I keep it that simple. The only reason I ever get angry with anybody is because you either hurt me or threaten me. Nothing fancy. That's just what it says. The only way you can threaten me is to make it appear like I'm not going to get something I want i'm not going to get to keep something i think i have there's all kinds of stuff involved in that if, if you hurt my self-esteem you can call me a big dummy and if my attitude toward you is that you're a big dummy it doesn't faze me at all if i need you to like me and you call me a big dummy you can devastate me i need to be free of that if you can hurt or threaten me i need to be free of that it's the only reason i resent anybody it's my defense against my own pain So we make up a grudge list. This process is wonderful. I can take a brand new person, still smells like booze, and get this much done. Make a list of everybody you're angry at. That's easy, that's all I'm thinking about. Why are you angry at them? That's easy. We put down all the reasons. They give us a format here. We get all that done. Why am I angry and what's being affected in my life by that? It's very simple to do. The most important part of this whole process is what happens between the third and the fourth column of this inventory. Up to this point, I have a grudge list and I have an attitude. (laughs) If I'm telling the truth, I've already bypassed, but I shouldn't feel this way, and I'm putting down, but I do, and here's why. He did this to me, and she said this about me, and blah, 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 and it's all down there, and it's ugly, and I'm, I'm righteously right about it. Although I'm beginning to get a hint at this point that there's something wrong. This is so important. I know you've read it. Do you mind if I read it? Because I love to hear it. So we went back through our lives. There's the direction. I start from today with Bill, and I move on back Tonka Louie, as far back as my memory will carry me without, and when it stops working, stop writing. Clear some of the crap away and pretty soon Aunt Millie will show up too. You got plenty of time in the rest of your life to write the stuff you missed the first time. My first inventory was a lie anyway. I didn't do it this way. I dashed off and spent two hours writing out a catalog of some of the worst things I'd ever done. I went back to my sponsor with it. 2 hours I took. From the time he said God will reveal himself to you as you reveal yourself to you. I was back 2 hours later with this list of stuff I'd done. He looked at it and he said, "That's garbage. You wrote that to impress me. Get away from me."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tell me the truth. I took my first fist step with somebody else because I am an alcoholic and I am self-low. So and I spent two hours being scrupulously honest. And by God somebody was gonna listen. And I awakened spiritually in that lie. Because I'd tell this guy something I'd done and he would say to me, Well that wasn't that bad. And I'd tell him something else and he'd say, Well that wasn't that bad. And I awakened to the fact that there's something wrong here because some of this was that bad but i had picked somebody who would tell me what i wanted to hear so i wouldn't have to do anything about it and if i didn't stop that immediately i was going to die an ugly death meaning i'd have to live an ugly life for a while first and so i went back to it so we get it done this way my first real inventory was pretty shabby i didn't have much memory left So when I say it was shabby it was kind of short but I did it this way when I got into some things when we finished it we considered it carefully when you got all this done consider it carefully and they even tell us how to consider what a marvelous mercy this is they even tell me how I can go about it so I don't get confused The first thing I see is that the world's people are often quite wrong. On my little boy's birthday in 1966, federal narcotics agents came to my house. They do not come gently. One came through the front door, literally. One came through the back door, one came through the side window. They knocked me to the ground, handcuffed me, stood on my neck, called me several kinds of bad names. My four-year-old let out a shriek, and this big cop swung around and almost shot him. And I went from resentment to hate right there. And I carried that for a long time. That was on this list. Count on it, (laughs) right near the top, okay? And he was wrong, and to this day, I think that's a really shitty way to make a living breaking people's houses down, stepping on their necks, and nearly shooting their kids. That's a hell of a way to make a living. <clears throat> In the world's people are often quite wrong. That doesn't make me right, but I can recognize they're often quite wrong. To conclude, that it was wrong as far as most of us ever got. The usual outcome is that people continued to wrong us. And we stayed sore. It just this moment occurred to me because I'm a word mechanic another dimension of the word sore he's talking about being sore and angry uh, a sore is a very painful lesion <laughs> okay resentment is a very painful lesion on my soul I suspect. Okay. anyway that just went on through my mind Sometimes it was remorse and then we were sore at ourselves. It's plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. Remember Silkworth talked about us getting a brand new mind? Here it is. And here's what the new mind thinks like. The old mind thinks that son of a bitch broke into my house and nearly shot my son. I hate him. Shame on him. The new mind says it's plain that a life that includes this kind of thinking, this kind of deep resentment, can lead only to futility and unhappiness. Oh, that's pretty clear. It was to me, I was in my second penitentiary and he was still loose on the street. I wasn't getting too far with this kind of a deal, this kind of hate. To the precise extent we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile? And I love the word squander. Deliberate waste. You can accidentally waste something, but squandering, it means you know its value and you trash it anyway. And I can't duck the past that I know that to be true. I'm wasting my life and yours, and I know it and I can't do anything about it. But with the alcoholic, whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We find it's fatal. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns when we drink again, and with us to drink is to die. The new mind has to understand if we're to live, we have to be free of anger. That just doesn't seem fair, does it? doesn't seem fair everybody else gets to be angry <laughs> If I'm gonna live I got to be free of it it doesn't mean I won't get angry it means I better get free of it pretty damn quick I cannot nurse anger it's too strong a power it'll shut me off from the power I need do you like Righteous anger, I do. (laughs) Well, not too long ago, I I had a piece of that, and I just deliberately stayed pissed for three days for our own inventory because it felt so good. (laughs) I just wanted to get every little piece out of it that I could. I had to stay away from nice people. Because I hadn't looked like I wasn't angry, but I just let it steam. It was so good, and I really was right. (laughs) And I had to let it go. The grouch and the brainstorm are not for us. I love the grouch and the brainstorm. (laughs) After what he did, I should have... Then he would have, Then I could have ah. and then I'd have told him and he'd have done mm. pretty soon I got it going give me another drink this is good mm. it's not for us if we're to live we have to be free of the anger the grouse and brainstorm are the dubious luxury of normal men for alcoholics that are poison I just need to know that in my mind I know when I get angry, I know today, I must be rid of this. I will take actions. Do you ever have an emotional hangover? She's a normal person. I've seen her get angry and 10 minutes later be perfectly all right. I get angry, fool with it for a while, and for the next day and a half, I am tired. It just wore me out. And I'm thinking, how much damage did I do? Do I have to clean this up? What was wrong with me? Oh, blah 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 blah. And I make myself tired. Isn't that dumb? <laughs> we turn back to the list. This is the list we've just made, and we're prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. My book, by the way, says we're prepared to look for it. It was a printer's error along the way. We spent numerous hours debating whether it was for or at until I just went to New York, went to the archives, got the first, first edition, and it's at it. We were prepared to look at this list from a different angle. Okay? We began to see that the world people really dominated us. If I resent you, you own me. Okay? This man I hated from the bottom of my heart. Owned me he dominated my thinking he dominated my actions he dominated the way I treated people he ruled my life <clears throat> the wrongdoing of others fancy to real had the power to actually kill and like an idiot I should have known by now but I didn't I went to Bruce and asked him how will I know whether it's fancied or real He said, if you are involved in it, it's fancied. (laughs) And Kim put words on what that meant for me. The minute I recall what that cop did to me and my kids, it was not what that cop did at all. It's my emotional flap going on over about what that cop did. It's fancied. It's colored by all the times I got. You know, I even came up with a plan to get him. Wonderful alcoholic plan. I found out where he lived. I began to stalk him. Jesus, how stupid can you get? He's got a gun and knows how to use it and has already demonstrated he's quite willing. But I'm stalking him in my head and I know where he lives. And I had a plan. I. I was one of Owsley's runners out of Berkeley in the 60s. We had some liquid acid that would put you away for weeks. And I know about acid, it was discovered because it got on a scientist's hand and went right straight into the bloodstream. You don't even have to swallow it, you just have to get it on you. And death was too good for this guy. I mean, I was insane. I was going to get five double O caps of liquid acid and tape them to my hand find him and shake his hand and forgive him <laughs> and send him to the moon it didn't occur to me that we're going to get a little on me too <laughs> stupid I don't have any problem at all considering how dangerous resentment is to me I actually did that I didn't find him but I was on the way to find him resentment is a killer for me bad news fancy to real has the power to actually kill so if I'm involved in it in my head it's already fancied just don't even worry about it how can we escape we saw these resentments must be mastered but how we couldn't wish them away any more than alcohol this is our course we realized the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick that they like Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. whole new way of thinking. What does that mean to me? What does spiritually sick mean to me? It means I'm separated from God. I'm separated from my power source. And when I feel separated, I behave badly. So all that means is if I can take a look at you as perhaps being separated from your source, no wonder you're behaving the way you are you're scared as I am you feel disenfranchised like I do no wonder you're behaving that way and I don't get the luxury of saying that sick son bitch I got to say perhaps like myself this person is behaving this way because they don't have any choice either it's a whole new way of thinking spiritual leaders for centuries have tried to teach us if you have anything against your brother, if you're angry with your brother, you've got to get it cleaned up first because you can't get in the temple carrying it with you. And the temple's within. Same deal. Forgiveness. I must give forth without reservation Okay. to clean it up. They, like myself, are perhaps spiritually sick. A whole way of looking at it. We ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. At that time, I did not grant sick people patience, tolerance, and pity. They scared me. I had to have a script for everything in life so you would like me. I did it so I could do it right. And there's only one script for visiting with sick people. Is there something I can do for you? And that scared me. I was afraid you might have something for me to do. Empty my bedpan. Stay here for a while with me and read out loud to me. My God, I got things to do and people to see.
1: Just
0: sit here quietly with me for a while. I didn't know how to do that. I could not grant you patience and tolerance and pity a person offended we said to ourselves this is a sick man how can I uh, be helpful to him God saved me from being angry I do not ever never have when I resent somebody prayed that they get everything I want how utterly silly that is I don't even pray that I get everything I want <laughs> I certainly don't pray that they get everything they want I don't pray for justice for them either my only prayer for you and i will pray for anyone is that god's will be done in your life too my prayer is god save me from being angry this is the end of side one please turn cassette over now and continue to listen on side two do not fast forward